Let's begin in the 2000s and the Afghan war. Troops stationed at a base in Mansoul reported an encounter with a creature they claimed was a demon. The report says these troops jumped into action after receiving the call that the base was under imminent attack. They did as trained, grabbed their kit and weapons, and reported to their stations, ready to defend themselves and the base. They watched an attack unfold as men, enemy combatants, began scaling the perimeter wall. The troops began to shoot. In the melee, many of the attackers were hit, but one of these was particularly strange. As the bullet tore into the attacker, a plume of black smoke was seen to rise out of the body. At the time, the troops thought it could be a suicide vest that was hot and damaged or failed to detonate. But this is when things took a turn for the strange. The smoke began to form into a shape. This shape resembled a man and... To add to the weirdness, a pair of red glowing eyes appeared along with a mouth. The apparition smiled at the troops, turned, and ran only to fade away to nothing after a few steps. Could this have been a ghost or demon, or how about a jinn? A jinn is a creature commonly found in Middle Eastern mythology. The soldiers had no clue and were obviously shaken by the encounter and did not talk about the incident for many years. But jinn ghosts or specters are not the only thing to have appeared to troops battling in the Middle East. And now, a word from our sponsor. Paranormal. The word paranormal denotes experiences that are outside the norm and beyond scientific explanation. Even so, these events from supernatural phenomena to extrasensory perception to ghosts, aliens, and UFOs take on a life of their own in pop culture. That's where live science comes in. The reporters dig into the latest paranormal news to debunk and even explain the science of what's really causing these seemingly supernatural. Related topics to this, that being aliens, religion, life's little mysteries, so on and so forth. Live science is an excellent resource to go through. Imagine no longer being tied down to your computer, but having the freedom to take live talk radio with you anywhere you go. TalkStream Live introduces our first ever iPhone application. The talk shows you follow now follow you. And your iPhone is now the fastest and easiest way to stay connected to the best talk radio on the Internet. Listen to live talk shows 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Mobile talk radio from TalkStream Live. Now available in the iTunes App Store. Winston Churchill. History remembers Winston Churchill for his political prowess and his leadership during a complex time in Britain's history, but a relatively unknown part of the statesman legacy, one in which he confronted the idea of alien civilizations, was recently uncovered. Churchill penned an 11-page essay on alien life in 1939, revealing his curiosity about the universe and outlining his definition of life and its most important ingredients. I, for one, am not so immensely impressed by the success we are making of our civilization. 
Here that I am prepared to think that we are the only spot in this immense universe which contains living thinking creatures. He wrote the newly uncovered essay, or that we are the highest type of mental and physical development which has ever appeared in this vast compass of space and time. Churchill's essay was described as an article published in the journal Nature in February of 2017. Khloe Kardashian. Oh boy, here we go. It can be hard keeping up with the Kardashians' exploits, but when it comes to aliens, at least one member of the famous family is a believer. In 2015, Khloe Kardashian saw strange lights in the sky and tweeted, Kendall and I are spazzing out, UFO. Though the U.S. Navy later said the unusual lights were part of a pre-planned missile test, Kardashian stuck to her guns. What do we expect people to say? Obvi. They are going to say it's a media shower. I'm such a conspiracy theorist. Let me enjoy this, she responded. I'm not a fan of the Kardashians, by the way. Hillary Clinton. Hillary Clinton has a long political history advocating for children and families, gender equality, and health care reform. She should have been the president, but she got screwed over. But in 2016, during her bid to secure the Democratic nomination for president, Clinton turned her attention to the paranormal. In a radio interview, and then later on Jimmy Kimmel Live, Clinton said that she wants to review files about UFOs in the mysterious Area 51 site in Nevada and make them public. I would like us to go into those files and hopefully make... As much of that as public as possible, she told Kimmel. If there's nothing there, then we'll let people know that there's nothing there. Area 51, which is located 80 miles northwest of Las Vegas in Nevada, the desert and a restricted military outpost that is part of the Edwards Air Force Base. It has been said of a number of stealth military programs taking place there, and this secrecy has, in part, fueled conspiracy theorists, who claim that the scientists at the facility are reverse-engineering alien technology from UFO crashes. In 2013, declassified CIA documents detailed some of Area 51's history, revealing the site's role in testing spy planes such as the U-2. There was no mention of aliens or UFOs in the declassified files. Imagine that. Redacted. Redacted. Zayn Malik. Oh, boy. From One Direction, I believe. Singer Zayn Malik, if you want to call him a singer, told Glamour in July 2016 that the first time he realized he wanted to leave the boy band One Direction and go solo was after a paranormal encounter. An alien spooked to me in a dream, he told the magazine. Malik is in a relationship with model Gigi Hadid who recently posed for a space-themed photo spread for Harper's Bazaar. My boyfriend's really into aliens, I did, told the interviewer from Harper's Bazaar during the photo shoot at NASA's Kennedy Space Center in Florida. Next on the list is, of course, who I just mentioned, Gigi Hadid. I won't get too much into that because she's just talking more and more about the Harper's Bazaar photo shoot and so on so on so on. Ariana Grande is the next one. Singer Ariana Grande has described herself as obsessed with aliens. And in a 2013 interview with Complex Magazine, the pop powerhouse, <laughs> powerhouse, said, We'd be so stupid to believe we are the only people here. Grande's music video for the song Break Free featured her battling aliens and dancing on a spaceship. But Grande told Complex she has never seen a real extraterrestrial, though... She said she did have a ghost and a demon experience once at a haunted castle in Kansas City. Ridley Scott, this I totally believe. From the director Ridley Scott, he is no stranger to the concept of alien invasions and hostile encounters with extraterrestrials. 
His 1979 movie Alien explored the scary concept of aggressive extraterrestrials that target a crew of space a crew on a spaceship. The film spanned spawned franchises and three sequels, two prequels, including Alien Covenant, which opened in the U.S. May of 2017. While promoting the new film, Scott warned that hundreds of alien species are out there and cautioned that humans likely wouldn't fare well if these cosmic entities ever decided to pay a visit to Earth. Gillian Anderson, of course. The truth is out there. Actress Gillian Anderson is best known for playing FBI agent Dana Scully on the hit sci-fi TV series The X-Files. But while Anderson spent 11 seasons and two movies investigating paranormal phenomenon, she does believe that aliens are in fact real. I do to a degree that believe that the universe is obviously vast and the thought that we are only the one planet with full living beings doesn't make sense, Anderson said in an interview with The Guardian in 2012. That doesn't necessarily mean that aliens are real, she said, but there could be. Katy Perry, oh boy, another pop superstar. In a 2014 interview with GQ, pop star Katy Perry spoke about her wide range of beliefs. I see everything through a spiritual lens, she told GQ. I believe in a lot of astrology. I believe in aliens. I look up to the stars and I imagine how self-important we to think we are the only life form. At the time, Perry said she might even take her questions about alien life to then-President Barack Obama. I mean, if my relationship with Obama gets any better, I'm going to ask him that question. It just hasn't been the appropriate time yet. Nick Jonas from the Jonas Brothers. Woohoo! In an interview with the British talk show The Morning, singer Nick Jonas described his own close encounter. I was in my backyard in LA and I looked up at the sky and saw three flying saucers, Jonas said. I looked at my friend and said, Are you seeing this or am I losing my mind? I'm obsessed with UFO stuff in general, so I'm all over this, Jonas said in the interview. That blue light freaks him out every day in every best way possible. William Shatner, of course. As the most recognizable face of the Star Trek franchise, actor William Shatner is probably used to fielding questions about his extraterrestrial beliefs. But in a 2010 interview for the Montreal Gazette, the man who brought Captain Kirk of the Starship Enterprise to life explained why he thinks intelligent beings must be out there. And I'm going to do my own William Shatner impersonation. There is no doubt that there is life out there. The mathematics of it lead you to that absolute conclusion. In my mind, there is no doubt that the universe teems, teems with life in all of its forms. And Stephen Hawking, of course, is the next one on the list. Need I say more about Sir Stephen Hawking? Uh, he's repeatedly, in the past when he was still alive, warned that humans should be wary of contacting alien civilizations. That if they basically came here for first contact more so than what they've just done through observation alone... They would be here to pick a fight or to destroy us because we're destroying ourselves or possibly them inadvertently. Demi Lovato. During an appearance on the talk show Late Night with Seth Meyers, singer Demi Lovato insisted that aliens are real. How self-centered would we be as humans to believe that we are the only living things in the universe, she said. Well said, Demi Lovato.
majority of people believe they have seen a ghost, poll claims. Three in five people have said that they have seen a ghost in their lifetime, according to this new poll. A survey of 2,000 people found most believe they had a supernatural experience, with 40% saying they thought their pet had had one as well. One in three had either lived or stayed in a house they felt was haunted. When confronted with a ghost, men were twice as likely as women to scream and run away, while other initial responses included crying, hiding, and fainting. We know from experience that year after year, people love to be scared and seek out as many frightful opportunities as possible. If something scary isn't for you or your children, carving a pumpkin, visiting an apple orchard, or going on a hayride can also be great ways to celebrate the paranormal. Survey also identified other fears that give us the shivers, such as snakes, spiders, sharks, and drowning, heights, public speaking, failure, bees, cramped spaces, and rejection. Even though snakes ranked higher than bees on the list of fears by a more than two to one margin, most respondents said they would rather have snakes slither all over them than to be surrounded by a swarm of bees. Imagine no longer being tied down to your computer, but having the freedom to take live talk radio with you anywhere you go. TalkStream Live introduces our first ever iPhone application. The talk shows you follow now follow you. And your iPhone is now the fastest and easiest way to stay connected to the best talk radio on the Internet. Listen to live talk shows 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Mobile talk radio from TalkStream Live. Now available in the iTunes App Store. Haunted houses, poltergeists, paranormal activity. It's the stuff ghost stories and movies are made of. Well, tonight, a team of investigators from Central Ohio take us on a ghost hunt looking for proof of the paranormal. About halfway between Columbus and Cincinnati is a small city named Washington Courthouse. Population, just under 14,000. The area, first settled in 1810 by Virginia War veterans, is known for its annual Scarecrow Festival and the Fayette County Fair. And while every small town has its traditions, some have their very own ghost stories. I'd like to bring five to the big most of the wash. Washington Courthouse Fire Lieutenant Tim Dowling has heard most of the spooky tales of the town. The unknown. Everybody wants to know the unknown. I know. It's like Sasquatch. I watch every program I can about it. Do I believe it exists? No. But is it possible? Anything's possible. Possibility of paranormal activity at Washington Courthouse is what brought Neil Hart This is the way to the lower level beneath that room. And his team of investigators to the Carnegie Library. It's not necessarily your soul that's still here, but just the energy left behind. From the day I started, I grew up somebody named Elizabeth. Sarah Nichols has worked at the library for more than a year. What I've heard have been um, stories of footsteps, a particular scent that she's known for, pages turning and the registry for the genealogy room. The elevator going up and down um, when the building is empty. Mary Elizabeth Johnson was a librarian here from 1911 until 1956 when illness forced her to retire. But many believe she never left. We did have some painters who were here and refused to work at night after a few uh, scary encounters that they had. When they were painting in here, they heard footsteps, and they heard shuffling of feet and the smell of a strong rose perfume. 
uh, like, a, like an old world style rose perfume. It was in this same room that several of the investigators began feeling a bit strange. A reading of the electromagnetic field, or EMF, in the room was extremely high. This is completely off the grid. Levels of EMF like that can trigger in people who are sensitive to it. Um, could trigger nausea, uh, skin irritations, and just overall feelings of dread, or feeling like somebody's watching you. EMF measures the amount of energy given off by an object. A high reading like what they found on this night could indicate something as simple as bad wiring or... Another possibility is that the EMF is so high that it's allowing things to manifest, kind of like uh, uh, an energy paradox, uh, allowing things to move in. Residual energy is a residual being uh, what used to be here at that point in time, say it might be Elizabeth. Uh, was so drawn to this place, was so in love with her job, and felt so, I guess, ousted uh, up until the time she fell ill before she died, that she never really wanted to leave. We'll never know who or what was in that room, but according to Stephen Park, there was definitely something. Go over there and see if you can tell anything now, just while we're talking. Okay, coming up new at 10.30, we'll show you what happened when we took Stephen back into that room where his sensitivity to EMF really kicked in. Now, would he have another strange reaction, or was it something different altogether? Part two of our paranormal investigation, new at 10.30. ...or a negative spirit or a demonic entity, uh, we don't want to further agitate it and cause an adverse effect. Neil Parks and his team of paranormal investigators traveled to Washington Courthouse after reports of strange activity at the Carnegie Public Library. Well, the stories range from odd smells and strange noises to pages turning on their own. Is it all in their heads or is it paranormal activity? Our story picks up as a team member revisits a room where he felt the eerie effects of a paranormal presence. The Carnegie Library in Washington Courthouse is the backdrop of many ghost stories among the people who live here. I don't think anybody thinks that. It's a scary place. Built in 1903, many believe the place is haunted by this woman, Elizabeth Johnson, a former librarian who died in the late 1950s. We did a renovation in 2008 um, and updated the building and um, closed off a stairwell. The painters were painting above where the stairwell was and um, they heard noises, footsteps, heard somebody coming up the stairs. And the young men who were painting with this crew were so scared that they were, had to be driven home by the, I guess, the head painter. Okay, we're getting strong ratings down here now. Was it Elizabeth? We'll never really know. Ghost stories are told, but few are actually proven. That's why Neil Parks and his paranormal investigation team came here. You don't want to go on assuming that everything's a ghost. You want to, uh, this equipment validates the feelings we get. Uh, like the, the head rush, the headache, the, the, the cold chills, the hair standing up on the back of your neck. Maybe that could explain investigator Stephen Parks' strange reaction to this room. It means another guy on our team, Donnie. Uh, both actually, he started getting a headache, I started getting feeling sick to my stomach. It's the same room where those painters claim to have heard footsteps. We asked him to go back inside. Now if you felt something and felt a little ill before, but maybe don't now, could that mean that whatever was in this area maybe has moved somewhere else? The code, um, right now though, once again, I am starting to get a little sick to my stomach. Um, and that's generally how it manifests to me. And I feel 
feel like a presence is pushing on me in this area. So it's just feels odd. Are you uncomfortable? Yeah, a little bit. Clark felt better once he was outside of that room. His experience was pretty much the highlight of our ghost hunt at the Carnegie Library. But there were a few other odd happenings that night. Like a camera that had been turned off was somehow back on. And when I held these dousing rods used to pinpoint magnetic occurrence, they went a little haywire. And you don't feel anything creepy right now either, do you? Despite a lack of concrete evidence on this particular outing, the team stays positive. Throughout my entire life, I've experienced things of that nature and um, was always afraid to talk about it. I, I thought maybe it was my mind playing tricks on me or uh, possibly people who throw stones at me for speaking openly about it. As the team packs up and calls it a night. But thank God for shows like Ghost Hunters really opening the, the doorway for people like myself and my team to speak openly about it and not be chastised. They're already wondering what their next quest will uncover. After all, it is just a ghost story away. So the team really believes in what they do. There could be simple explanations sure. for some of the things that they discovered or experienced. There could also be more complex explanations. So sure. just one of those things and what you believe in. And they use their equipment to try and prove the feelings that they have. Right. Well, as you said, uh, there is a newfound credibility to their work and based on TV shows and the like, so they're able to talk about it more freely. Are you are you more of a believer in the paranormal than you were before? Um, you work before? I kind of always, I do believe that there is something else out there. Um, I didn't experience anything that really made me, you know, feel like that. Yeah. But I do believe that there could be something out there. So I'm, you know, I do. Well, Neil Parks is not only a paranormal investigator, he's also a published author, he's a historian, a public speaker, and a researcher. And a researcher, and you can find his book, Paranormal Chronicles, Tales of Humor, Horror, and the Absolutely Strange, online or at his website. And we put a link to his website on ours. Just go to myfox28columbus.com if you're interested in reading more about it. You looked a little uneasy with the dividing right I, It was weird seeing that, that move, and it, it did that, do that. It was creepy, so I don't know how to explain that. But it was very interesting and a great time, and I thank them so much for letting me tag along. Well, it was very interesting to watch. Yes. Bits of famous lost flying saucer turn up in the British Science Museum. Pieces of a 15-year-old English flying saucer have turned up in the London Science Museum archive, as the BBC reported on February 9th, 2019. David Clark, a journalist lecturer at Sheffield Hallam University, examined the metal shards and determined that they came from the famous 18-inch metal saucer. The object captivated the UK press in 1957 after it turned up in Silpho Moor near Scarsborough, Yorkshire, England. Then, after being chopped up into bits for examination, it gradually disappeared in the intervening decades. Three men originally discovered the object in the moor. The Yorkshire Post reported on February 8th, just three weeks after Russia launched Sputnik the first satellite of the Earth created by humans. As the Post reported, its copper bottom was covered in hieroglyphs. 
very much like the saucer discovered in Roswell with hieroglyphics, New Mexico a decade earlier. The Silfo Moore saucer has also contained a small book, a post reported covered in more hieroglyphics, with a Scorsboro Cafe owner claimed to decipher as a warning from an alien named Ulo about atomic war. You will improve or disappear. Still now, the Science Museum archivists have learned the cultural significance of the rediscovered shards. The BBC reported they might put them on display as a record of that strange moment in British history. And that's all the time we have for today. Tune in next time for more in-depth information, bizarre stories, really weird out-of-this-world current events, and information on where I'll be, what I'm up to, what I plan to do next, what I'm currently writing, and the status of my latest book. Thank you.